from the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. Yes, back again with the WIA National News, this one for week commencing December 1, 2013. Parents are being warned of the dangers of button batteries ahead of Christmas after RACQ Care Flight Rescue airlifted a baby boy who swallowed one on the Sunshine Coast recently. It's prompted a warning on the dangers of these tiny toxic objects. Button batteries can lodge in the esophagus of infants and cause serious injury or even death if they go undetected, Care Flight's Chief Medical Officer Dr Alan McKillop said. A four-year-old Sunshine Coast girl died in July after swallowing one of the small batteries, which are used in toys, games and many household items, such as torches, car keys, TV remotes, watches and calculators. If they become stuck in the esophagus, they can immediately begin to burn, doing serious damage, Dr McKillop said. Each week, four children are taken to emergency departments across Australia after swallowing these tiny batteries. And the elderly? Well, we're also urged not to store the batteries in pill containers, as the small objects can easily be mistaken for medication. Vandalism at Radio Club. Around the weekend of November 17, considerable damage was done to the club rooms of the Summerland Amateur Radio Club, Lismore. Club president Ross Dowers on VK2WI News reported much equipment was stolen and a major inspection and clean-up has been held during the past days. You should be on the lookout for strange offers or possible unusual activities with the radio equipment. Inform the Summerland Club executives or the authorities of any information you may become aware of. It is only a few weeks since Summerland Club member John VK2JWA was attacked by intruders in his home, which they subsequently set on fire. Australia to save Winamp? The fate of the veteran media player app Winamp remain in limbo after AOL's announcement last week it would shut down Nullsoft and end support of these products called Winamp and Shoutcast. So Melbourne, VK3-based web developer and the owner of a web hosting company, Peter Zawacki, has started a Change.org petition urging AOL to either keep Winamp alive or release its code as open source. The history of digital music started with Winamp. Winamp is still one of the best music players out there, he said. It's simple to use and lots of people still use it. Wi-Fi or not Wi-Fi? Australia's peak science body, CSIRO, says its Wi-Fi patents have expired. The Australian reported the 19 patents CSIRO registered relating to Wi-Fi back in 92 expired on November 24 this year. CSIRO earned a grand total of $430 million between 2009 and 2012. In 1992, a team of CSIRO scientists used radio astronomy to solve the problem of radio waves bouncing off surfaces indoors, causing an echo that distorts the signal. The scientists built a fast chip that could transmit a signal while reducing the echo, a technology now used all over the world in Wi-Fi. What's cooking? Computerworld.com.au say the Australian Mobile Telecommunications Association has unveiled a smartphone and tablet app called Mobile Site Safety for use by technicians when they're accessing buildings that have mobile base station antennas. The app reports on RF electromagnetic energy levels and base station compliance records. It also contains safe work tips for technicians and maintenance staff. Members of the public can use the app to access information about EME levels at base stations that are near public areas. 
This is the WIA National News, and ahead of Hamza Crisis Australia and another look at the Wyong Field Day coming up in February, it's WIA Board Talk and Speakers for the Club. Unfortunately, not everyone has the all-round interpersonal ability to be part of a core promotion team for amateur radio, but with a little training and the right messages, more people could be involved. Most WIA clubs use their president or secretary to speak on behalf of the club, ensuring a knowledgeable representative. However, when selecting a team for the PR for Amateur Radio Expo in April, think about who else can be an effective person on the day. Keep in mind that visitors to the display are of differing ages, some young, middle-aged, retired, male, female and of varying ability. Make them all very welcome. Consider having a variety of people on the team to meet and greet the public. Although the expo is five months away, start planning for it now. Further details can be seen on the WIA website, that's wia.org.au. Check out the For Members section under Promoting Our Hobby. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Victoria, it can be heard through the Amateur Radio Victoria VK3BWI broadcast network each Sunday at 10.30am and 8pm on the two metre repeaters VK3RMM at Mount Macedon and VK3RML Mount Daninong, plus the 80, 40 and 30 metre bands. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3 Papa Victor. Hi all. Preparations for the 2014 Wyong Field Day are going smoothly and I'm happy to update you on another confirmed trader that will be at the event. Radio Supply of Bellingham, New South Wales, will be attending with a large, interesting stand. This is one trader I look forward to checking out. For those flying in from interstate, you may want to consider flying into Newcastle Airport rather than Sydney. Wyong is on the main Newcastle to Sydney railway line, and it's only a few minutes' walk from the railway station to the event. As motels and hotels are quickly filling in the Wyong area, Newcastle can also offer a larger choice of accommodation as well as being an interesting city to visit after its transformation from an industrial city some years ago. For full details about the field day, please go to the club website at ccarc.org.au. Whether it's seeking that bargain from the flea market, grabbing that discounted new item from the traders stands, educating yourself at the seminars and exhibitor stalls, or even taking that license upgrade assessment, The place to be on February 23 is undoubtedly the CCARC Field Day at Wyong. 73 till next week. This is Ed, VK2JI, Publicity Officer of the Central Coast Amateur Radio Club. Thanks, Ed. Now, over the weekend of November 23-24, Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club ran a foundation course in which all seven candidates were successful. Ellie from Queenbeyan, William and Luke from Goulburn, Andrew from Murrah Bateman, Harrison, Darren and Charles from the ATC. And we certainly look forward to catching up with you on the air in the near future. The next CRARC Foundation course and assessment weekend is scheduled for March. However, if you wish to do a licence upgrade before then, contact education at carc.ampr.org. In VK3, Home Brewers Construction Group end of year meet. After just one year, the popularity of the Home Brew Construction Group in VK3 continues to grow. And on display at the last one were many projects serving to motivate the newcomer and seasoned home brewer alike. 
The final meeting of the year is this Saturday, December the 7th at 2pm in the Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms. That's at 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton. And, of course, all are welcome, as are all the people that might happen to be in the Cairns area. Yes, today, December 1 at midday, Cairns Amateur Radio Club will hold a BYO barbecue at the Saltwater Lake. That's in Centenary Park, Greenslope Street, Cairns. Now, if that site is occupied, it's just a short walk away to the freshwater lake with similar amenities and excellent walking tracks to take in native Melaleuca scrub. Shade and playground is available, so bring chair and favourite nibbles. There will be a call-in on 146.5 and 439.850. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au What use is an F-call? From DC to daylight is a term that until I became an amateur I'd never heard of and since becoming licensed I've bumped into it more than a couple of times. Once you sit and think about it the notion from DC to daylight makes perfect sense but what does it mean? I'll start off with that I'm not talking about cheap therapy for your inner problem child, the rock band based in San Jose, California. So DC, or direct current, as opposed to AC or alternating current, does not change frequency. That is, the positive and negative poles never swap over. So the frequency that they switch at is 0 Hz, or 0 times a second. If you reverse the poles, the frequency at which you do that, say flick a switch once every second, the frequency is 1 Hz. AC does it at 50 or 60 times a second, or 50 or 60 Hz. As you keep increasing the frequency, you'll come past 160 meters, just below 2 MHz, 80 meters around 7 MHz, etc., onto 2 meters around 145 MHz, 70 SEMs, and up to Wi-Fi at 2.4 GHz, then 5.8 GHz, and eventually, you'll get to a frequency of around 400 terahertz, where you'll bump into visible daylight, where the wavelength is around 750 nanometers. So, DC is 0 hertz, daylight is 400 terahertz, so from DC to daylight means from 0 hertz to 400 terahertz. Said in another way, DC to daylight means, quote, all frequencies, unquote. Of course, you could point out that there are frequencies above daylight. Indeed, there are. It's really a shorthand term, and as amateur radio terms go, it's one of the more explanatory ones. Now all you need is a DC to daylight radio, and you'll be able to listen to everything that goes on anywhere. Provided you have an appropriately tuned antenna. Hi hi. I'm sure there are terms that you've come across that make no sense. Have a look around, or better still, contact another amateur and work it out together. The only silly question is the one you didn't ask. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. In the Philippines, Super Typhoon cleanup continues. Ham emergency radio operations are still working, providing help and communications after deadly Typhoon Yolanda wreaked its destruction in the central Philippines. 
The official death toll of 5,200 puts the Category 5 storm that landed on November the 8th as the worst typhoon in the archipelago, with its 314 kilometre an hour winds generating storm surges in coastal villages and devastating main cities. Jim Linton, VK3PC, Chairman IARU Region 3 Disaster Communications Committee, has told WIA News that the Philippines Amateur Radio Association activated its hero network again, having already had many storms this year and an earthquake in October. Para Vice Chief Operating Officer Ramon Aquilin, DU1UGZ, says that in some cases mobile services are now available, but they're patchy and unreliable. The same is experienced with power. Hero stations have worked with the National Disaster Risk Reduction and Management Council, the National Telecommunications Commission, communities and non-government organisations. The frequency of 7095 kHz and others are still in use and Para thanks the world for keeping them clear for emergency traffic. Ramon, DU1UGZ, knew that amateur radio emergency communications were effective and the results saw many tearful moments when local people got their messages through. Para is working closely with authorities and hopefully increased recognition of the Hero Network, its training and equipment, will result. A very good job was done so far by them indeed. In the United Kingdom 60 years ago, the east coast of England was struck by a devastating flood which took the lives of 307 people. In addition to the lives lost, the East Coast flood of 1953 caused 1.2 billion British pounds in damages, covered more than 160,000 acres and forced more than 32,000 people to evacuate. At the time, the UK had no volunteer emergency communications groups. Today, the 2,000 licensed amateur radio operators of Raynet serve as the UK's premier volunteer communications group. In an effort to advance emergency communications as well as amateur radio, Raynet and the Radio Society of Great Britain have entered into a formal agreement to work together. Like their counterparts around the world, Raynet not only provides vital communications for emergency responders when existing communications networks fail or become overloaded, but they also assist with public service events such as parades, marathons and festivals. QCWA board approves 14 scholarship awards for 2014. The Quarter Century Wireless Association's board of directors has announced the approval of 14 scholarship awards in the amount of $20,000 to be issued in 2014. The QCWA scholarship program is administered by Foundation for Amateur Radio. Since 1978, some 397 recipients have received over $396,850 in scholarship awards through the QCWA Scholarship Award Program. To the United States, the FCC has issued a violation notice to a Texas business because its new fluoro lighting is interfering with a cellular telephone site. Skeeter Nash is near Houston with more. It doesn't happen very often, but the FCC has issued an official citation and order for a violation of Section 15.5, Paragraph B, of the Commission's regulations governing what are called incidental radiators. In this case, the recipient is Ronald Bethany, doing business as Perfect Cuts Salon in San Antonio, Texas, who is being cited for operating incidental radiators and causing harmful interference to a cellular telephone system. This past July 24th, the FCC's Houston office used direction-finding techniques to locate the source of an unknown transmission on 705 MHz to the Perfect Cuts Salon. 
the agent confirmed that the interfering signal was coming from the overhead fluorescent lighting in the salon. The agent then interviewed Bethany, who is the owner of the salon. He reportedly stated that representatives of AT&T had conducted on and off testing of the lighting in the salon and confirmed that the interior fluorescent fixtures were the source of interference to a cell site located next door. Bethany further stated that he had unsuccessfully asked General Electric, the manufacturer of the fluorescent lighting, to replace the lighting. The FCC says that Bethany would not cooperate, so the agent from the Houston office was unable to conduct his own on-off testing of the lighting in the salon. The agent verbally warned Bethany that he must repair or replace the lighting fixtures to resolve the interference. On July 31st, the agent spoke by telephone with Bethany, who stated that the lighting was not causing him any problems and that he saw no reason to repair or replace them unless he was paid to do so. The agent reiterated to Bethany that he must resolve the interference or be in violation of the FCC's rules. As of the October 25th release date of the citation, AT&T continues to report receiving interference at its cell site next door to Mr. Bethany's salon. Now, based on the evidence it has on hand, the FCC has found that Ronald Bethany is in violation of Section 15.5, Paragraph B of its rules by operating incidental radiators and causing harmful interference. It has directed him to cease operation of the incidental radiators immediately. Or in simpler terms, it basically told him to turn off the lights until the interference can be resolved. I'm Skeeter Nash, N5ASH. Bethany and Perfect Cuts were given the normal time to respond and take corrective measures or face further enforcement action. In IARU Region 1, sponsored the Radio Spectrum and Regulatory Workshop with the South Sudan Administration on November 15th. Its purpose, to assist the administration with the implementation of amateur radio in that nation. The workshop took place on the compound of the European Union in Juba, the capital of South Sudan. Most of the 21 participants worked for the South Sudanese Radio Communications Agency, while others represented the Ministry of the Interior. The ARRL DXCC desk has approved the current 2013 to May 2014 operations of ZS8C and ZS8Z, which is Prince Edward and Marion Islands, for the Accenture Club credit. These stories from the RSGB and from the Amateur Radio Newsline are on the web at www.arnewsline.org, and I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. You're tuned to VK1 WIA. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2014. WIA Summer VHF UHF Field Day, 1112 January. WIA John Moyle Field Day Weekend, March 15, 16. WIA VK Harry Angel Memorial Sprint, May 3. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 2 and 3. WIA Remembrance Day, the ID Contest, August 16 and 17. Manly Warringah Radio Society's Flagpole Contest, September. Special Event Stations, DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. P29NO, NAO, Stroke JA2BQP, East Epic Province, Papua New Guinea. 
On air to January 2015, whilst a volunteer teacher at Divine Word University, WeWAC. 5P14EHC, Danish special event call sign 5P14EHC between January the 1st and 31st, 2014. This activity is to celebrate Denmark hosting the European Handball Championship for Men event in January. EA4GBA is operational at C91GBA from Mozambique until December the 15th. Activity will be on all HF bands using SSB with 100 watts into a dipole. QSL direct via EA4GBA. VI100ACT, Centenary of Canberra, Capital of Australia. Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club members are activating special event call until December 31st. LF through to VHF using multiple modes. VI6WA100, a special event call sign is on the air to celebrate the centenary of organised amateur radio in Western Australia. The call VI6WA100 will be on the air till year's end. British Railways Amateur Radio Society GX4 LMR over the rest of the year will be marking the 45th anniversary of the end of steam on the British Railways Network. This will be taking place thanks to BRARS member Mark Proctor, who will be transmitting from his home QDH near Preston which was the very last bastion of steam in August 1968. Obviously a very special QSL card has been produced for this event. Antarctica RI1ANR from Nova runway until March 2014. Activities on the HF bands with a focus on the low bands. QSL via RK1PWA. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Brisbane area, it can be heard on 1843 kHz AM at 0900 local time Sunday mornings. I'm Terry, VK4Alpha, Alpha Tango. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, CW. Morse code is not a lost skill. Recently, ABC Perth Australia 720 ran on its afternoon radio show an interview with amateur Alan Gibbs of VK6PG who explained that Morse code is used throughout the world. The program initially contacted the Fists Down Under CW Club newsletter saying it was doing some items on lost skills and thought that Morse code would be a good subject. An interview resulted in Alan VK6PG talking to presenter Gillian O'Shaughnessy, who suggested that Morse code was obsolete. Not so, she was told, and that it remained popular with radio amateurs, albeit a bit slower than normal speech, but the use of abbreviated words meant that the meaning of messages was quite fast. Alan VK6PG described how it was used to chat generally about the hobby, talking with de-expeditions and offering unique opportunities to contact new countries and keep in touch with friends all over the world. The five-minute interview was an excellent promotion of Morse code for amateur radio. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. The first ZLVK contact via FunCube 1 AO73 took place on November the 23rd. The satellite's SSB CW linear transponder was switched into autonomous mode during orbit 32 at 11.13 UTC on Saturday, November the 23rd. 
In this mode, the transponder will automatically switch on when the spacecraft enters darkness and switch off again when it enters into sunlight. Alan ZL2BX reported, Transponder switch to eclipse mode OK about mid-pass over ZL. Good signals from the transponder and had a brief contact with VK2MAL. Malcolm VK2MAL reported, Good signals from AO73 over VK tonight. Stations heard through the transponder were ZL2BX Allen and VK4CBW Wall. The FunCube team encourages stations to download the dashboard software to receive the telemetry and upload it to the data warehouse. Worldwide Special Interest Groups ILLW. ILLW reaches 100 on the list. The honour of being the 100th registration in the annual International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend goes to South Australia's Point Lowley Lighthouse to be activated by the Wyala Amateur Radio Club VK5BWR. Club President Alex Glinsky, VK5ALX, says that the activation will be in the heritage-listed Caretaker's Cottage. Previously, club members put VK5BWR on air from an emergency generator room and some spent the night rugged up in sleeping bags or on the back seat of their cars. Alex VK5ALX claims that with the more comfortable overnight accommodation available for members, it will be the best weekend ever. Wyala's annual show, which attracts 20,000 people, is also on the same weekend. Some of the visitors will also come to Point Lowley Peninsula and the Lighthouse. This means VK5BWR, set up in the courtyard, has a great opportunity to promote amateur radio activity and a bit of lighthouse history. Built in 1883, the lighthouse is Wyala's oldest structure, standing 15 metres tall, made of local sandstone and on a point jutting out to the northern end of Spencer Gulf. Powered these days by electricity and a powerful tungsten halogen lamp, it started with a wick burner fuelled by mineral oil and then kerosene vaporising light unit. Made redundant by the Australian Maritime Safety Authority in 1993, it was bought by the Wyala City Council in 1995 with the help of South Australian Government. Under local control, the light was reactivated after it and two keepers' cottages had been beautifully restored. If you want to join 22 countries which have already registered for a lighthouse, lightship or maritime beacon, or to see the event guidelines for August the 16th and 17th, then visit the website www.illw.net. And I'll leave you this week with the last reminder for the year of the Radio Amateur Old Timers Club of Australia. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey. What was the common factor that enabled the first round-the-world flight, the first solo crossing of the Atlantic by Charles Lindbergh, and the first crossing by air of the Pacific by Smithy in the Southern Cross? Don't know? Well, you can find the answer by listening to tomorrow's Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's monthly bulletin. The December RAOTC Monthly Bulletin of news, information, stories and anecdotes will be broadcast tomorrow, Monday, December the 2nd, on a number of different frequencies at various times. The principal HF transmissions take place on 20 metres on 14.150 MHz.
The first, at 0100 UTC, is beamed north from Melbourne for Eastern States listeners, while the second, an hour later, at 0200 UTC, is beamed westward for West Australian listeners. Also at 0200 UTC, Barry, VK6 Whiskey Foxtrot, will be transmitting on 40 metres from his QTH 200 kilometres east of Perth on 7060 kHz lower sideband. Although this transmission is intended mainly for country VK6 listeners, it may well be heard in South Australia too. As well, throughout the day, numerous local relays take place on various HF, VHF and UHF frequencies. To find a frequency and time applicable to your area, please visit the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au That's www.raotc.org.au Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is cordially invited to to listen to this interesting half hour and to participate in the callbacks afterwards. So once again, the December REOTC Bulletin can be heard tomorrow, Monday, December the 2nd. REOTC Bulletins resume in February next year, so may I take this opportunity to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a happy, healthy and safe New Year. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Well, that wraps up WIA National News for week commencing December 1. Again, I'd like to thank the guys out of Melbourne for handling the news last week while I was a little indisposed. OK, until next we meet, I'm Graham VK for Baker Baker. As we say, walk softly. We've reported, you decide. 